Um, so the last and, of course, most important of the leaders' debate was Sunday. Kathleen Wynne did have a good night. No question her campaign's been a disaster, but the reality is they are nearing com- complete collapse. But she did have a good performance, and that can, in fact, change a story. And we know the numbers in polling have been fluid. We have been seeing an NDP surge, and Ipsos now has a slight swing back to the PC who are starting to edge out in front. And we use, at Global News, we use Ipsos polling for our numbers. It's a traditional and it's a very reliable poll. So remember, I always say, don't always believe the polls. They're not all created equal. But I've also been watching this other form of polling called poly. And we talked about this new polling last week. This is a new polling measure that uses artificial intelligence, which can measure a huge sample of about 100,000 numbers from different ages, sexes, ethnicities, everything. And we said, let's check in with Polly again to see how she felt about the debates and if it would move the numbers. So what did she say? Let's find out. Let's bring in Erin Kelly. She is the creator of Polly and the CEO of Advanced Symbolics. She joins me now. Aaron, I have not talked to you since before the debate, so I have absolutely no idea what your numbers are are suggesting, but polling, if we're to, you know, to believe the traditional polling, has both the NDP and the PC in a statistical heat, kind of, with the PC getting a slight bump out in front. What is Polly saying? Polly's seeing a similar thing in terms of the popular vote, but here's what is kind of behind the scenes. The NDP momentum is slowing down. Uh, so we're seeing, particularly since the debate, and we don't know if it's because of the debate, we're looking into that, but um, the momentum for Andrea Horvath is slowing down. The two parties, PC and NDP, are in a statistical dead heat. But in terms of seat count, the PCs are far ahead of the NDP. So if if the present trend continues, we will be seeing a PC majority government. So there was a swath of area between, I guess, Windsor, you know, in that southwestern Ontario, you know, London, Kitchener, uh, uh, where else? Um, a bunch of those ridings through that kind of rust belt, so to speak, uh, that were the deciders. Are they moving at all? Are they indicating where they're going to go? Well, those ones that you mentioned, um, London, all those, those are NDP. And so they, they are NDP and they were NDP before. Mm-hmm. The, we, we had identified some others um, that were a little bit outside of that uh, area, northern and eastern areas, uh, that, were, that were PC but had the opportunity to go NDP, but we're not seeing them toggle so far. You know, it gets confusing with all this polling, and I really only look at a couple of different polls because they're not all created the same. I listen to Ipsos, and now I look to Polly. Um, because, you know, for the reliability, because it really matters uh, when you look at the weighted, you know, the numbers being polled um, and how you do it. And, and I think people get confused in the popular vote numbers versus the seat numbers. It's the seat numbers that you want. It's the seat numbers that matter at the end of the day. And that's what we saw in the American election. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, but Donald Trump won the seat count. And we're seeing something similar well, here, it's it's a dead heat right now between the two, but a significant difference in the number of seats won. The PC vote is much more efficient than the NDP vote. So when you look at the, the numbers since the last time we spoke, um, and now we've had this big, you know, last final uh, leaders debate, which is really the one I think that people tune into if they're going to watch one. Did Kathleen win, who I think performed the best? Did she get any kind of bump? 
She didn't get a bump. She hasn't received a bump in the short term. Uh, Polly is seeing that. The problem, again, with Kathleen Wynne is her her support is very broad. It's not coming together nicely in efficient seats. So she's she's looking at about 20% of the popular vote right now, but that's not translating into seats for her. So she did do well. Polly said she did well in the debate. Actually, Polly ranked her number one in terms of people saying positive things about her performance, but it's not translating into seats. But Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think Polly said that she, uh, the, the Liberals were looking at one seat, maybe Toronto Centre. Is that holding? Uh, right now, even that one is, is no, not <laughs> holding. But she, you know, there, there are about three seats right now where we see that they could go Liberal, but right now they're not. Yeah, I would assume that my my riding of St. Paul, if that turns any other color than red, that would be a a unheard of in in, in provincial politics. It's just, it's just that red. Um, but interestingly, when you say uh, about the debate performance and Kathleen Wynne uh, won the night, according to Polly, how did Andrea Horvath do? She came in second. Oh, she did. Okay. Yeah, she came in second. And what hurt Doug Ford in that debate was that people really did resonate with him not having a platform. The two other leaders, uh, you know, you know, emphasized that a lot in that debate and we have been monitoring that for a while and we hadn't seen that people were reacting to that but that night in that debate people did react to it but it doesn't seem to be hurting Doug Ford now in terms of the seat count or his popular vote so okay so maybe Paulie's reading the tea leaves in the liberal war room because they uh, launched a new campaign today aimed at the platform where is your platform and and we know that andrea horvath has been chipping away at that too um is there anything to be gained by doing that we think there is that's probably the the place where he is most vulnerable according to polly is 21 percent of people and this was again a representative sample so we weren't being influenced by by parties tweeting that night um when it came up in the debate the general population did react to it and his responses weren't considered satisfactory. You know, um, it's been the same responses he's been giving for a while. So he needs a fresh message there. And yeah, I think that's their best bet. That is where he is most vulnerable right now. So generic people aren't buying it. That's right. The, 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 The population does want to see how he's going to pay for his promises. Um, what happens if there's no carbon tax, et cetera, how are we paying for some of these promises? And it can't just be by laying off the $6 million man. Right. (laughs) And let's talk a little bit then about um, Andrea Horvath's vulnerabilities. You know, she's had a number of candidates. You know, we're up to, I think, 13 um, who have been found to either, you know, adore Hitler or believe in the Leap Manifesto, or you've got those who hate the military and poppies, etc. Is that affecting her at all? I think what would affect her is more the message, not each those little individual uh, issues, but in general that she might have radical candidates. I think that's a better message for the conservatives to play up rather than any one message because everybody seems to have a different thing that was more offensive. Right. So I think his message that um, that the NDP are radical um, also, people are still concerned about the NDP's ability to manage the economy. So right. I think if he's looking for vulnerability, that's where it hit her. Um, those are the places where she's vulnerable. And so the uh, PC campaign, which launched, you know, a bench strength um, strategy where they're marching out some of their senior people, their star candidates, they're trying to show, hey, you might not like Doug Ford, 
but we've got the team that can actually, you know, catch the ball and, and run it into uh, the other side. Whereas she will not answer those questions. She's been asked a number of times and it becomes it's becoming a narrative now with the with the press where they're saying, who would be your finance minister? Who would be in your cabinet? And she won't answer. Is that going to hurt her? Yeah, that could that could. Yes, that would hurt her. That is the uh, the fear. And it's not so much the experience or the lack there. Are, obviously, the PCs haven't been in party for a while either. And people know that. But it's it's more the reputation. The reputation, right. the brand around the NDP is where she's vulnerable. Sorry, not sorry seems to be the um, tactic that the Liberals have turned to. Did Polly um, respond oh. to anything with that? Is that going to change anybody? Well, people responded positively to it, but really? not in terms of their vote changing. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, people thought Kathleen Wynne performed well. They, they felt... Um, yeah, they they liked her message. They res- resonated well with her, and they felt they she performed well in the debate, and specifically in that sorry, not sorry. But we're not seeing that that is translating into votes for her party, or at least not an efficient vote in particular ridings, which is where she needs them. So this week now, polls are open, the advance polling anyway. I went out there on Sunday, got my vote in and done with, and I spoke with a couple of people at the polling center, and they said traffic has been good. Will Polly start polling on, uh, I know we don't do exit polling here, but will there be any polling on those numbers, and will it reflect anything? No, because we we tend to, people don't tend to come on and say, I voted this way. Um people giving their support it's a lot more subtle so we're not planning to do that so where does your polling take you now i mean we are into the final stretch and in your experience what happens now in the waning days kind of in in the campaign i think because it what needs what's very worrisome for andrea horvath now is that her momentum is slowing down so we saw people in the middle of the campaign uh, much more interested in in exploring that avenue um and now we're seeing that that's slowing down. So I think as we come into the campaign, we think it's looking better for the as we get closer to election day. Um, I think that's a very worrisome trend for the NDP. And we, you know, if, if she's not able to pick this up in a few days, obviously we're you know we're looking at a PC government. And and just quickly, in your experience, is it uh, you know can some a party turn that around? Um, through their own polling and say, okay, we've got to change our tactic. And and is this an indication that people may say they want change with the NDP, but might go into the voting poll, uh, the voting booth and get scared off and, and say, no, I can't do it. It's indicating that they're having second thoughts for sure. Good stuff. Aaron, we're going to yeah. check in with you again. Uh, Cause I think Polly's fascinating. So uh, I, I know my listeners will be very curious about these numbers. So I appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Erin Kelly, she is the CEO of Advanced Symbolics, and uh, we will check in with Polly Monday. I'm going to check in with Polly and see what the last few days of the campaign brings and if we see any more movements, because, uh, again, they poll all the time, but you get these certain ebbs and flows. Certainly as we see the candidates coming out and you get, you know, we'll see what happens after the liberal announcement. What are they going to say tomorrow? Maybe that will bump the numbers, but no question. We'll see if it is rubbing off on people. This is Global News Radio.